open with me this morning to the to the uh, Gospel of Saint Luke, and we want to look at the uh, the uh, the triumphal entry, the day that Jesus went into Jerusalem. Hallelujah! You know, Philippians. We're going to go. We're looking in the Gospel of Luke, chapter nineteen. Gospel of Luke, chapter nineteen. But before before that, go there. But I want to read to you Philippians three ten. Philippians three ten says that I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. I want to know Jesus. Do you want to know him? But I want to know him and, and, and the power of his resurrection. But his resurrection didn't happen until and unless he went into Jerusalem, went to the cross, gave up his body in blood, died, buried, and then the power of the resurrection. And so we have to understand what led to the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. Amen. And so today we want to look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. Why? That I may know Him. Hallelujah. Say, that I may know Him. Do you mean that? Do you want to know Jesus? Hallelujah. This is what the Gospel is all about. That we may know Him. That we may know Jesus and the wonders of His love. Well, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 19. I'm going to read through and then we're going to go back. When he had said this, he went ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosening it? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But as they were loosening the coat, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosening the coat? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the coat, and they set, they set Jesus on him. And he went. Many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Behold is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out and praise me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just pray that your word will gain entrance in our hearts today. May we receive it with joy and with gladness, O God, and that your word may transform us and change us, O God, may nurture us and grow us in our most holy faith. We give you our ear, we give you our heart, we give you our mind, Father, that you may, through your word, bring light 
into us, Lord, and let your word again enrich us in our most holy faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Well, the Easter season, this time is a, what, a, what the world calls the Easter season, is a time that we as believers, we're called to praise and to rejoicing. This is a time to praise and rejoice. And as we look back at all that Jesus did on that journey there, it also should reinforce, it should stir us, it should cause us to break forth into praise and worship and rejoicing in all that the Lord has done and is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. You know, when every time I look at the scriptures, I, it makes me wonder, it makes me ask, why? Why is there not more, why is there not more praise in the church? Why is there not more, amen, hallelujah? Why isn't there more of that in the midst of our worship? And not only in the midst of our worship, but in our daily lives every day that we live. You know, growing up uh, in the Lord, I grew up in a large church, and uh, uh, it, it, the, the praise was, was wonderful there. But as you look out, when you're in the congregation, you really don't see, when a lot of people, you don't see, uh, you know, you're just engulfed in your own praise and worship. You're not looking around. But as, uh, as I became an elder and a pastor in that church, looking out, you look out at a different perspective because in those days we sat on the platform facing the congregation and you just can't help to see that there's some people, others are praising God openly and others are like this or like this or just not doing anything and they're just looking around and you wonder why. Are you not, not to, not to judge or condemn, but it, the question arises, why are you not praising God, your Savior? Why can you not rejoice in the wonders of the salvation of God? And well, I always used to shout out, amen, pa preach it, pastor, hallelujah. Why? Because the word stirred me. The word stirred me. Every time I heard the word, I, it was like a fire coming into my bones. And I wanted the word. I was hungry for God's word. And I would say, preach it, pastor. Amen. And I would, I didn't just say amen to anything. I understand that. There's some people that'll say amen to anything. The preacher could be saying false stuff and they'll say amen because they don't give ear to hear. But I was listening to the word of God. And I knew that when it matched up with the word here, amen, brother, preach it. Amen. Bless the Lord. Because I was a, like a, like a, a Berean, I would search the scriptures and to see, is this what the Lord is saying? If so, amen. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You hardly hear that anymore. Today, people are just quiet and silent in the body of Christ. Not everyone, but some are. Praise the Lord. And I'm not saying everybody has to shout out. But inside, in your spirit, man, there should be yes. Amen. In here. In here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look through these verses here. Hallelujah. And it says, when he had said this, he went on to Jerusalem and he went on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says then, in verse 37, then, well, let me go, let me go back here, back up a little bit here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, no, let me start back here. 37. 
34, 37. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. Where were they? Where were, where was Jesus and the disciples? They were on the road, right? It says they were on the road. Hallelujah. Drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives and everyone, Mount of Olives, everyone was praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, many times when, when, when in those days, when they were in their synagogues, when they were in their little meeting houses, they expected praise to be manifest to the glory of God. Amen. When you, we, when we come to church, do we expect there to be praise and worship? There's no question about it. When we go to church, we expect there to be praise and worship offered up to God before anything else takes place. Amen? We want to give praise and worship to the Lord our God. So we, we understand, we expect praise and worship. If we went to a church, any church, and there was no praise and worship in that church, would you stay there? Would you go back to a place where, where they did not offer praise and worship to the Lord? Not me. When I go to church, I expect there to be praise. I expect there to be worship to God. So in, in, it's natural to expect it in the church, right? But what about outside the church? Outside the church. It, we, ex, we, it's, it's the mindset that the devil has put into people is that the only place you can praise and worship God is when you're uh, in the church. Once you come out of the church, it's like separation of church and, and life. No, when we leave the church, we should still be looking to praise and worship the Lord. Wherever I go, I'll say praise the Lord. And somebody does something, I'll just praise, it just flows out of me. And I don't care if they look at me with cross eyes or anything. It doesn't matter. Uh, my life is changed and transformed. I live for Jesus in the church and outside the church. And so the devil, the world tries to get you to think. It just tries to hammer it away. That when you leave church, shut your mouth. When you leave church, don't say praise the Lord. When you leave church, don't mention the name of Jesus. The world, the devil is trying to program people to have that mindset that you can only praise the Lord if you want to in church, but don't you do it when you go into leave the church building. When you're walking to the parking lot, don't say praise the Lord because someone might get offended. Well, let me tell you, if you don't praise the Lord, Jesus will be offended. I'd rather, uh, uh, I don't want to offend anyone, but if I do, it will be because I'm praising my God. And if I want Jesus to be pleased with my life, and who would you rather please, the Bible says, man or God? Who would you rather please? Unfortunately, this world is choosing to please man rather than God. And so we want to sing the praises of God. Hallelujah. 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 And so outside the church, here they were, the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, and they put him on the donkey. 
And they began to praise openly outside the synagogue. They began to openly shout. They weren't whispering praise. They were shouting praise to the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David, right? Hallelujah. They were waving palm branches. They were being they were demonstrating what was inside that they believed Jesus to be the Messiah and they were waving the palm branches openly praising God. We should not be ashamed to praise God because they knew. That's why a lot of the, the Pharisees said to them, Hey, Jesus, you better tell your disciples to, to calm down here and hush it up and shut up because, you know, we can get in trouble with the Romans. Well, some of the Pharisees just didn't want people following Jesus, didn't want them praising Jesus. And one of the, one of the, one of the excuses they used was that well, if we make too much of a noise here, the Romans might think we're, we're in, uh, we're in an uprising here and they might come and persecute us. So tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, if they do not praise me, I will make these rocks cry out and praise me. Hallelujah. So that was Jesus' response to them as far as not making, not praising him openly in public. He, Jesus said, if they don't praise me, those who walk with me and believe in me, if they don't praise me, surely the unbelievers aren't going to praise me. Surely the Romans aren't going to praise me. Surely the Pharisees and the scribes who are out to get me, they're not going to praise me. Who's going to praise me? My believers, those who believe in me, my disciples. And guess what? If they choose to stay silent, I will demand praise from stones and rocks and everything. Let all the trees in the field, everything will bow and will, everything will shout my praise. Jesus declares, never be ashamed to openly praise him. Even in the face of persecution, don't be afraid to praise the Lord. Don't be afraid to say, praise God, he's my savior. Praise Jesus, he's my Lord. And so Jesus rebuked them when they were, I mean, that was a, that was a great entourage that was walking down into the city and they were openly praising him. Hallelujah. They were coming to town with the praises of God. Hallelujah. You ever see a parade marching down the street? You know, you can hear the music from far away, right? When they're, if the, the, down, you know, sometimes they have that parade that goes around through the streets and they, they, they honk the fire engines and all this other stuff. You can hear, you can hear that noise. You can hear that procession coming, can't you? Right? You can hear it and you know that something is going on there. There's a procession. People are celebrating something. Right? You know it's not a funeral if there's a lot of noise and singing. Are you, do you right? A funeral is quiet. But a celebration has music, has a lot of rejoicing, doesn't it? Did you ever see a, a parade coming down the street that was quiet? Shh, we're celebrating. Shh, quiet. Don't wake up the neighbor. Don't make anybody. Did you ever see a quiet celebration? A quiet procession? Never. And as Jesus was proceeding down the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem, they were making praise. They were making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, Jesus said to them, you know, I want you to go into the village 
and into the village you're going to find a, a, a donkey, a colt, and he's going to be tied up. And I want you to go there and loose him. And if anyone asks you why, I want you to tell them, I need them. I need that. I need that colt. I need that donkey, whatever you want to call it. I need it. I need them. And Jesus sat upon that colt. And the minute they sat him upon that colt, all praise broke out. Jesus needed that donkey, that colt, to fulfill prophecy, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that Jesus needs you? Jesus needs you. That as he, as he enters into your life, others may start praising God. Your life, Christ in you, is meant to be a praise to God. Do you, do you believe that? When God, when Jesus sat upon that colt, others saw it and began to praise God. When others see that Christ has made a difference in your life, has changed you, it should create a praise to God in your life, and others who are believers should say, praise the Lord. When someone becomes born again, don't you, don't you get excited and say, praise God, thank God another soul has come to Jesus. Why are you excited? Because Jesus entered that individual's life and now Jesus can do something in that individual's life. And so praise should break forth. When someone gives their hearts to the Lord, there shouldn't be silence in the church. People should break forth into shouts of praise and joy because Jesus has entered into that individual's life and now he can begin to change and transform him. Jesus needs you. He needs every life because Jesus wants to manifest his glory through your life and your life can do what no other life can do. God has a purpose and a plan for your individual life and we you believe that that's a cause right there to praise God. Lord, you need me? Yes, Jesus needs you. And he's a, people say, oh, he's the Lord of glory. He don't need anybody. He is the Lord of glory. He's almighty, all-powerful. But God chooses to work in and through the lives of the people, those who he's created, formed and fashioned in the womb. Jesus needs you to be a light in this world, to be a carrier of the good news of the gospel of Christ. Uh, you, Jesus needs you to communicate to other people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus needs you that people can see a change and a transforming in you and therefore give praise to God. Hallelujah. Jesus says, unloose that colt. Unloose him and bring him to me. Didn't Jesus loose you from the chains that held you back? Once you said, I, uh, you, you, you heard the gospel and said, yes, Lord, Jesus breaks the chain that held you back from going to Jesus. The gospel has power to sever the chains. When I heard the gospel, I knew that there were things in my life that I could not break without in my own strength. But when I looked to Jesus and I wanted to go to Jesus in my spirit and I went to him in my spirit, he broke the chain, he loosed the chain and said, come to me. I went to Jesus and he set me free and he's been in my life and I've been praising him. And there Jesus said, I've came to set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, give sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. Amen. 
And Jesus uses people to touch the lives of people. Him in Christ in you touches the world around you. And Jesus needs you because there's other people in this world who need to be set free. They need to be loose that they can come to Jesus because everything in this life, everything in this world tries to hold people back from coming to Jesus, from going to Jesus. Because the enemy knows if you go to Jesus, you will be set free and you will be one who will join in with the others who will praise God and the world doesn't want to hear that. But Jesus needs you to be set free so that you can set others free. It's like a chain reaction. Hallelujah. It's not us. It's Christ in us who is able to loose the chains and say, Jesus needs you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy would try to fill your thoughts with Jesus doesn't need you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that Jesus needs you? I've heard that. Not who I think I am. Who does Jesus think that I am? He's my creator. He knit me together for me and he calls me. He called me. Jesus called me. He's calling you unto himself that he wants you to become his son, his daughter. He wants to fill your life. He wants to work in your life. He needs you. The Bible declares he needs us. He wants us. Hallelujah. And so it says the whole multitude began to lift their voices in praise. God doesn't require us to take voice lessons before we can sing praise to the Lord. Do you know that? You know, if you want to join a, a, a music company or a, you want to join a band or a choir or an orchestra, you need skill. You need, so, you need to have training in, in anything. You know, I've had people where they come to me and say, oh, I can sing and I can play in my early years. Oh, I can play. Well, uh, you know, they wanted to join the band. Oh, really? Well, come on, let's hear you play. <laughs> Nothing was in tune. And they said, well, God has called me to play in the sing. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think so. You need time, you need time to study. You need time to practice. You need time to, to get it together. Oh, but God, no, 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 no. There are some things you need training in. There are some things you can't enter into unless your voice has been, uh, you know, able to carry a tune. Or you're able to hit the right note on whatever instrument you're playing, right? But that's not the case when it comes to praising God. You don't need to take voice lessons before you can start singing the praises of God. You don't need to go to school to learn how to praise and worship God. It comes instantaneously, it comes spontaneously from your spirit. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. As long as your voice declares the praises and worship of God, then in the congregation, in the congregation, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And let those who have skill in music and instruments, they can be, uh, they can be up there playing this. But everyone, anyone should enter in and can enter in into the praise and worship of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. There's, you know, there's no excuse. When Jesus, when the Word of God tells us make a joyful noise unto the Lord, there's no excuses not to praise the Lord. 
Well, I don't sing that good. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, well, I, I, no, make a joyful, oh, Moses, oh, I can't speak that well. I've called you to speak. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. How can there be a witness in our, from our hearts if we don't feel a need? If you say, if somebody says, I, I heard people say to me, I don't need to praise the Lord. Others are praising you, so I just enter in with your praise. Hello? Is something not missing in your heart? Is something not missing in your spirit, in your mind? Why do you willingly choose to make an excuse not to praise the Lord? God requires us to praise Him. It's not listening to others' praise. Although our ears do hear others' praise, we can't, we can't escape the fact that we hear others praising God, but it comes down to us as an individual, to me. Why am I choosing not to praise the Lord? What kind of excuse can I give to God that He's not worthy of my praise? Is there any excuse that we can give to God to say, Lord, well, you understand why I'm not praising you. No, I do not understand why you're not praising me. I am your Savior, your Redeemer. I gave my blood for you. My body was broken for you. I live for you. I'm your advocate. I'm your intercessor. How can you not want to praise me? Hallelujah. And they praised him. It says they praised him with their voices. I've heard some ministers and preachers say, well, you can praise the Lord inside quietly. You don't have to voice yourself. That's not what the Word of God says. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Outwardly, openly, when someone can't praise the Lord, something is not right in the spirit of that individual. And it makes me wonder, are they truly born again? Do they really know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because if you do, you cannot help but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. People have left churches because they do not like to be in the midst of praise to God. I've been in churches where they said, Brother, quiet. Don't We don't lift our hands and praise the Lord here. I've been told that by a preacher when I went to church. And I said, well, goodbye. And I've heard people say to me, well, I don't like this all this noise, this praise. It, it, it's not dignified. I've heard that to my face by more than one. Well, there's choices in life that we must make. But I know that my Redeemer lives. And I know that my life is to praise Him and to worship Him. My life is to live for the glory of God, for the kingdom and the cause of Christ Jesus. And with every breath I live, I will praise my God. I don't care the situations in my life. I've gone through hard times. I've, I've, all of us have gone through hard times. I'm not saying I've gone through harder times than you, but I've gone through hard times. You've gone through hard times. And I know that even in those times, we offer a sacrifice of praise to God. Because God requires it, whether we're living in good times or bad times as individuals for our life. It doesn't matter whether you're on the mountain or in the valley or anywhere in between. We are required by to praise God openly with our voices. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why were they praising Him? Number one is they, they saw, they were with Jesus. 
they saw, it says in the verse, that they saw the mighty works that he did. Isn't it wonderful to see Jesus touching lives and, and doing wonderful things? And they saw him working miracles in lives, and they saw all that, and they were praising him. But the greatest reason to praise the Lord is because what you see him doing, what you've seen him done in your life, and what you see him doing in your life. I don't care about praying. We, we see God work this and work that, and we praise the Lord. But we are, the focus, uh, the Christians are going away, and they're trying to look outwardly. Whoa, 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 unless I see a miracle here and a miracle there. What has God done for you? What has he done in your life? Has he not saved you? Has he not redeemed you? Is he not at work in your life? If he is at work in your life, you see what he's doing in you. That is a reason above, aside from every other thing, that we should be praising God for what you see God doing in your life. And if you don't see God doing anything in your life, then you've got to ask, what am I doing to stop God from working in my life? And all you got to do is say, yes, Lord, here am I. And God is working in your life nonstop. And when we see what God is doing in our lives, I will praise him. And everything else that I see in here will just add to. But I will praise God. If I don't see anything anywhere else, I see God at work in my life. And my life will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it was personal. Some lives were touched personally by Jesus. Others saw their lives touched. But everyone who made a decision to follow Jesus, it means that Jesus had touched their lives in some way. They saw something, heard something that touched their heart, touched their spirit, that made them want to follow Jesus and walk with him. And that alone was reason to praise him. Hallelujah. And so... We understand that it was the, the disciples and the followers that praised him. Hallelujah. The Pharisees were not going to join in, but the believers should be praising God. God doesn't expect the Pharisees. He doesn't expect unbelievers, but he expects his children to break out with praise. And the Bible tells us here that it was joyful praise. Hallelujah. It's one thing to praise the Lord. But it's another thing to be joyful in praising the Lord. There's a difference. There's a difference between praising the Lord and rejoicing in praising the Lord. Hallelujah. They rejoiced and praised God. A procession could come down the street and they could be singing the blues. They could be singing some sad country song. And I'm not making fun of the, anything. But you understand? There's some music that people can sing, but it brings you down. It makes you sad. Oh, yeah, I'm singing, oh, woe is me, praise the Lord. Oh, praise, woe is me, praise the Lord. Oh, I praise the Lord even though my uh, hamster died. Praise the Lord. They weren't singing the blues. They weren't singing some sad, you know, some sad type of music. They were singing joyful music, making a joyful noise unto the Lord, a joyful sound because... The Lord creates joy. When He's in your life, He creates joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I've come that you might have joy and that your joy may be full. Why? Because when you have joy, you have praise that comes out of that joy and you will praise and worship God with a joy in your heart. 
it doesn't mean that you, you, you can't have joy in the midst of a terrible situation. Yes, you can in your spirit because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so they were making joyful noise unto the Lord. Sometimes you, you hear people praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. And you think they're like in a funeral service that they... Oh, no. No. We're, we're, we're celebrating a living, resurrected Savior and Lord. He lives. And because He lives, you live. You have new life in Christ. You're alive to God in Christ Jesus and we should be singing lively songs, joyous songs, joyous praise unto the Lord. And that's what they were doing here, singing joyful praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there was a crowd, a multitude there. All of them, it says, all of them entered into joyful praise. Now, if you were a news reporter back in those days, and they were praising God, and you ran, ran around with a microphone, uh, excuse me. Why are you praising the Lord? Aren't you, aren't you the one that has a lot of trouble going on in your life? Don't you, uh, aren't you the one that owes a lot of debt to the to taxpayer? Aren't you this? Aren't you that? And a lot of them would say, yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life. But that doesn't stop me from praising Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't matter with the situation and the circumstances of my life. Yeah, not everything is peachy and cream in my life, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to praise the Lord. Another one might say, oh yeah, I've got enough of everything and I'm, I'm just happy and I'm praising God. It doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter your situation and circumstances in life. The multitude, they entered into a joyous praise and worship of God. We've got to forget for the moment, what we're going through and what we're living through. And when we come together to praise Jesus, we've just got to say, Lord, I'm going to make a joyful noise unto you. And I just, because I, I know you're greater than my situation and circumstances. And I'm going to praise you, whether I'm in the, whether I have much, whether I have little, whether I have whatever, it doesn't matter. Praise the Lord joyfully. That's the key. Joyfully. The same translates into giving. When we give, the Bible says give hilariously, doesn't it? Does it doesn't the Bible say give hilariously when we give? But yet sometimes people don't give hilariously. And sometimes when we praise, people don't praise joyfully. But in everything, you see, God's word teaches us that in everything, give praise to God. When we give, it doesn't matter what we give, but whatever we give, whether our time, our talent, or our treasure, we are to give it joyfully, hilariously, with a, with a, with a, ah, Jesus, I love you here. And so it doesn't, it translates into every aspect of our life. What we do for the Lord, we do joyously. The Word of God says God was upset with His people because they didn't serve Him with joy and with gladness. God is a God who loves you, who celebrates with joy over your life. Oh God, He, 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 he gave His only begotten Son that you might live and He wants us to enter into the joy and the gladness that is in God through Christ Jesus for our lives. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus says, if my people will not praise me, I'll make a rock and a stone praise me. The day's coming when all the trees in the field will clap their hands. 
Do you believe that? The Word of God says that. Creation, the Bible says all creation groans, awaiting its redemption. Even creation knows that there's a day coming when the, every all creation is going to worship God. The trees, the stones, everything is going to shout out praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God used the star to guide them, you know, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the place where Jesus was born, didn't he? When Jesus rose from the dead, it said the earth opened up and spit out the dead. <laughs> it's like the earth saying, hey, look, praise the Lord. Look, come on, you need help praising God. Here, here, the dead are raised. Come on. Even the earth was pushing them out saying, come on, now praise the Lord. Sometimes people need a little help. God opened the donkey's mouth, remember? The Bible tells us that praise is not a choice. In essence, it's a necessity. God requires us, calls us to praise. Praise sets us free. When we have joyous praise, it does something inside that releases something that sets us free. Give, it does something we can't put into words, but when you praise God joyously and worship with, with Him with holiness, something happens in your spirit man, in your spirit being, that only God knows how what he does, but it's something that adds to your soul that brings a peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Nehemiah, we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into his marvelous light. Have we not? Remember Nehemiah? Commanded the people, stand up and bless the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Everywhere you look in scriptures, when something was done, when the people were called, it was stand up and bless the Lord your God. Musicians and singers come and bless the Lord your God. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus, the Bible says that as he was going down on the donkey, Everyone was, was praising God and making a joyful noise. And all of a sudden, Jesus broke out and wept, the Bible says. And when you look at the meaning of the word wept, it didn't mean that he was quietly, tears were quietly dripping down. It says the, the, the word the, for wept means that he was loudly crying, that he was showing that he was crying, weeping with a passion. And how could, how could someone break out into crying, cries of sorrow, when everyone is praising him and worshiping him? Oh, what's going on here? Don't you see? We're all praising you. Why are you crying? The Bible makes clear that they saw, it was obvious that they understood Jesus was weeping, yet they kept on praising him. Why was Jesus weeping? Because he knew that they were missing the people who were not praising him and would not praise Him. Those who were spiritually blind would miss the fact that they were being visited by God Himself. And if we miss the fact, not only that God has visited us, God has entered into us, made us a new creation, how can we not praise Him? Do you think Jesus is weeping when someone He has redeemed and bought with his precious blood, with his body. 
when they refuse to praise him, do you think that brings sorrow to the heart of God? Why? It's understandable for the unbelievers not to praise him. And Jesus is weeping over them also because he knows their souls will be lost for all eternity. But Jesus also knows that those whose lives are living in defeat, living in, in chains of sin and have no hope, some of them will not praise the Lord. I've ministered to Christians who said, I can't praise God because I'm going through, you don't know what I'm going through, I can't praise the Lord. Time and time and time again. People come up, we had lines and people, when we were praying for people, large church, and people will say, oh, I, I just can't praise God until, I, until I'm free from this. I can't praise God until I, and then just excuse after excuse after excuse of why they will not praise God. But when Jesus sets you free, when you're born again, our soul needs to praise the Lord. I want to end with this. I want to, the man, a man called Tom Bar Barnard, he wrote this, and I want to read it to you concerning the crowd around Jesus. It says, the crowd was clueless. And they never got it right. Let me just say this before I read that. They praised Jesus because they were expecting and wanting something from him. And when he went in and they, they discovered that he didn't deliver what they wanted, he delivered what they needed, but not what they wanted. Many stopped praising him. We praise God not to get something out of him. We praise God for what he's done for us and what he is doing for us and what he will do. He said this, Tom Bernard, the crowd was clueless. They never got it right. They shouted praises and he wept. They looked for a warrior king riding a white stallion and they got a carpenter riding a donkey. They wanted hype, but they got a healer. They wanted a prophet. They got one who fulfilled prophecy. They wanted a scepter. They got a savior. They got nothing they asked for, but everything they needed. Only they never got it. They were clueless. Jesus was the only one there who really knew what was happening on that first Palm Sunday. He goes on to say, it's so easy to become like those people in Jerusalem. We think we know what's going on, but we really don't have a clue. We have a bad week and we blame God. Our kids act out and we blame the school. We work two jobs and wonder why things aren't better at home. Jesus comes to our town and he wants to help, but we don't recognize him for who he is. We think he will be impressed with our boats and our business and our stuff. He's not. He wants our hearts. And that's what Palm Sunday is all about. Jesus came. He knew we needed to be saved. He knew we needed to be redeemed. He knew we needed to be purchased through his body and blood. That was the greatest gift he could ever give us. And he's given it to us. And we've received it. Shouldn't we praise him? It's not about him giving us money and boats and buildings and mansions and all this stuff. That's all good. But we don't need that stuff. We need Jesus to forgive us and wash away our sins and give us a mansion in heaven. And Jesus says, this is what you need. This is what I've given you.
This is what I'm giving you. This is what I'm holding for you that I'm forgiving you. I've washed you in my blood. I've, do I've, I've gone and done what you need, what you really need, and I've prepared a place for you where there's no more death, no more dying, no more pain, suffering, hunger, thirst, none of that in the mansion that I'm giving you. Jesus went into Jerusalem to begin the process of providing for you and I everything that we would need for eternity. And God will also provide for us in this life, but the provisions He's made for us are eternal, everlasting, can never be taken away from you again. And for that alone, we need to say, Jesus, I've got it. I get it. You are the Messiah, the Savior of my life, of the world, and forever I will praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why we praise the Lord our God. Stand with me this morning.